Hey, we've reached the podcast, Coffee Talk with John Papaloni. I'm hanging out here today with Roman Price. Super honored to be here. So, Roman, we've known each other for like ever. I mean, uh, I would say at least 25 years. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, I would say that as well. 20, 20 years minimum. I, I agree. That's uh, like, do you want to let everybody know how we met? Uh, yeah, through uh, the club circuit. Uh, I was uh, I was a much younger version of myself. You were a much younger version of yourself, and uh, our paths crossed through a couple of mutual friends. Uh, we were both involved in the nightlife scene, doing events and concerts. I think you were a DJ at the time. I was a promoter, and uh, the friendship just stuck. That is true, and um, yeah, man, like it's uh, it's incredible venture. Life is a venture. I've seen you go through many, many, many different you know, avenues in life, many different ventures. I mean, one of them was uh, Life Pulp. Yeah, so Life Pulp was uh, a really interesting time in my life. Uh, I got to the age of, uh, I think I was 27 at the time, and I had almost gotten everything I'd ever wanted, and I was super miserable, and I was just really working and making good money. Um, I had a, a really nice car, a really nice place to uh, to sleep at night, and, uh, you know, I had all the watches in the world and all the clothes in the world, and you would think that that's the dream. But I was miserable. I mean, I hated life. I uh, I think I got to like 240 pounds, like 38% body fat. I was miserable. Uh, food had no flavor. Uh, it's almost as if I saw everything in black and white. There was no color. And life was just super, super dull. And uh, I just realized if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'll only have more of what I have. So I actually transitioned. Uh, I started living a life of purpose. And Life Pulp was a social network. It was my fir- I was always an entrepreneurial person. Life Pulp was my first entrepreneurial journey where uh, the the goal was to help other people. And it was just a social network where people paid forward things that motivated or inspired them. And uh, we got it to 2.5 million members, over a billion inspirations read thanks to social media. And that was probably one of the cooler uh, rides of my life. And uh, since then, I've been in the self-help field and I still do events and concerts. But I think the self-help field... Uh, is, is really where I feel alive. And I think I make the most difference. Absolutely. That's the other thing. You brought up the whole social media. And and you know what? I've noticed, like, even when uh, back in the day, you reached numbers that were, like, totally, totally, like, totally out there. And, like, I couldn't believe some of the numbers. I see people, like, marketing companies, you know, swearing on how important social media is. And not one of them has ever convinced me. Like, I believed in social media. Let me get that clear. But not one of them ever convinced me that they were on top of the game the way you were on top of the game. So clearly you had something outstanding that resonated with people. How did you know? Like, when was the moment for you that said something's happening here? Well, um, I mean, so I I think back around that time, uh, you know, social media wasn't like, uh, quote unquote, a thing yet. You know, I think around the time I launched Life Pulp, like the first uh, like and tweet uh, buttons uh, showed up. And basically, like if you click it and post something on your profile, you get to share it with all your friends. And uh, I'll tell you how it all started. I mean, Steve Jobs, he said something that forever changed the way I see things. And he basically said, if you touch someone's heart, the possibilities are endless. Uh, and therefore, I knew if you have life uh, life changing content online and you touch someone's heart they'll immediately press the like or tweet button and share it with their friends. So that's how I designed the uh, the marketing plan around life-changing content and those two buttons that were around at the time. I think shortly after LinkedIn button came out and uh, that, that was really the strategy. It was just all organic and it was super, super simple. And I think 
Uh, Einstein said it best. He said, if you truly, truly understand a subject, you should be able to explain it within a sentence or two. And uh, I, I was in the social media run at, at the forefront when it just like hit before there was marketing agencies, before there was people running other people's Instagrams, before numbers were a thing. And um, uh, it's it's super simple to me now. I, I mean, content is king, consistency is queen. And that's the best way to describe that. I think, you know, if you can make one unbelievable post a month, stick to that. If you could do one unbelievable post every single day, stick to that. But mediocre posts for the sake of posting will really get you nowhere. So therefore, content is king and uh, consistency is queen, not giving up. And that's that's the perfect marriage, right? So uh, I think with that in mind, I was able to do some huge, huge, huge numbers. I mean, over a billion inspirations read in a very short amount of time, 2.5 million organic members. And I, I, I really do believe that that's the key. Um, you know, content is king and consistency is queen. Well, yeah, that makes total, total sense, right? Like, I mean, like today I see like most posts that I see have some form of selling. And I got to admit, I'm pretty guilty of that on myself to a point, right? I mean, I'm learning as I go. I'm getting better at it. But yeah, yeah, I found your, uh, yeah, just the way people were interacting. Like even I joined Life Pulp and even just the communication amongst the uh, community within was incredible. Like you would post something like... I'll give you an example. If I post something now on Facebook, I would actually literally wait five or 10 minutes before I get a comment or anything. But in the life pop community, I would post it. I wouldn't even have a chance to log off and somebody be right on it. So like your whole, all your members were engaging. Yeah, it was super, super cool. And I mean, the basis was around life-changing content and it was in Timbit form. So, I mean, you could go through like 10 to 12 posts in a relatively short amount of time, maybe a minute or two minutes. Uh, we had like third-party studies done where people read 10 inspirations on the site a day and nothing else and did exactly, uh, you know, everything that they would in a normal day. And that was the only change that they had made. And over 30 days, they started to appreciate their kids more. They started to appreciate life more. Uh, they started to look at the glasses half full rather than half empty. So, uh, you know, what we what we consume for the most part um, is so important. And uh, Life Pop was just that. And it was to the point. It was it was so simple um, and it was so inspirational and uh, Amazon really inspired me to be honest. They had a one-click buy button at the time, so and that gave them like 70% more sales. So I designed Life Pulp around a one-click inspiration button. So it didn't matter where you clicked on the site, you would be bombarded with a brand new inspiration. And it was endless. And I think we had in a very short amount of time like 200,000 submissions. So uh, we, we, we wrote a, a little uh, generator to pull random inspirations out of that. And it, pretty much there was constant content coming in on a daily basis. And it was just literally endless. You could sit on the site for 24 hours and you'd be hit with nothing but new inspirations, videos, uh, comments, pictures. And uh, people would interact with you. And it was just a really special place. It actually changed a lot of lives. And it was I did not make a single dollar. It was my gift back to the world. I ran it out of pocket. I had a business partner at the very beginning. His name was Jacob. Um, uh, you know, he he he's, he was 50% of that website, and we did it together. And uh, it was just one of the greatest rides of of my life. It was life changing. It forever changed me, and it was probably the greatest thing I'd ever done. Right, and I've noticed even during that era, you were getting into some speaking gigs. How did that come about? 
Uh, to be honest, that was super simple. I mean, people would just reach out. Uh, they that they they knew of the social network. They knew of the numbers it was doing, and uh, I was very fortunate to get booked here or there. Um, I started saying no to a lot of uh, speaking gigs, to be honest with you, because I didn't feel like I, for the most part, had like a stage presence. I couldn't carry a crowd of like 2,000 people. So I, I didn't want to embarrass myself or anything like that. And, uh, you know, they, they say it takes about 10 years for you to become an overnight success, right? I mean, Life Pop, I started about nine years ago. I'm going into my 10th year in the self-help industry. And this is the year that I'm going to be a little bit more prominent, a little bit more on camera, a little bit more on stage. And uh, before that, all I was doing, uh, I was learning, I was perfecting the craft behind the scenes. Uh, that's why you didn't see too much from me, but you knew I was in the field. I read a ton of books. Uh, I have a ton of information inside of me. I applied so much to myself, used myself as a test dummy. And now I'm in the process of just rolling that out. I got a startup coming out. I'm building a lifestyle around it. And uh, I'm just, I'm really having the time of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm making so many changes. I mean, I feel younger than ever. And um, I think that's all thanks to just uh, living a life of just truly giving for the sake of giving and not wanting anything in return. Which makes sense. I've also noticed, like even going to that, like, yeah, I've noticed that giving nature myself. I know, like from the time we met until uh, the start of Life Pulp till, you know, even today, I've seen the transformation like firsthand. Right. It's like, like, yeah, when we first met business ventures, were all about how to generate. Yeah. It went from that to the, uh, I'm experimenting and I have no idea how I'm going to make money. Yes. To, I don't really care how I'm making money because I got a vision and I got a venture. Yes. So, uh, it was, uh, it's almost comical if you really think about it. And I think it'll make a lot of people laugh, but, uh, you know, before life pop, I was making uh, I was doing really well financially. Um, you know, uh, just a nod to the car I was driving. I had a Hummer H2, right? I mean, that car was like the size of a house. And, uh, you know, uh, Pulse Life Pop, I'm making nowhere near that money. I mean, like we're talking like a significant amount uh, less, but I am happier than ever. I am healthier than ever. I feel like I'm truly living. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I have a hard time going to sleep because I love my life so much. Uh, you know, I wake up, I don't hit the snooze button, uh, wide awake. I'm like half of the size. I'm only looking younger uh, every single day. I look younger today than I did at the age of 27, which is, uh, you know, pretty phenomenal. And uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, I think Jim Carrey said it best. He said something along the lines of, I wish everybody had the chance to experience being a millionaire. So they realize that that is not the answer to all their problems, right? More, more often than not. Uh, you know, I think Puffy said it best. He said, more money, more problems. Yeah, that's true, actually. Right? So, uh, you know, uh, a nod to him on that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I think money's great. And I think, uh, I mean, they've done a ton of studies where, uh, you know, you, you don't really need a lot. I think uh, uh, if, if you really break down the statistics, uh, you know, not too many people know this, but uh, $32,000 American Right. So what is that? Like maybe like 40,000 Canadian, 42, 43, 42, 43, something like there. that. Let's say 45. We'll round it up. Um, you know, if you make $45,000 a year, that puts you in the top 1% income earners globally. Wow. Not, not, not too many people. You don't need to make a million dollars a year to be a part of the 1% club. You only need to make $45,000 Canadian to be a part of the one percenters globally. 
right? I think how, like 50% of the world doesn't have a home. I mean, statistics, like if you truly wrap your head around them, we are so lucky and we were so blessed. And the second that you tap into that energy, you realize you don't need too much, right? Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, um, I've seen studies here in Canada for us to have a, a regular life, like, you know, a comfortable life without worry, without strain, that magic number seemed to be somewhere between 72 and 80,000. Yeah. But I believe that could be per family. Let's let's talk about the power of dual income, right? If, you, you know, you're making $45,000 a year, your wife is making $45,000 a year, uh, you know, that's around 90000 for you to play with, right? I mean, there's a lot you could do. You could live a great life. You could live organic food. You can have your vacations. You can have your beautiful home. The kids have a safe school to go to. You live in a great neighborhood. Uh, you know, everything Everything outside of that, to be honest with you, in my personal opinion, I, you know, I am not the, the judge and jury on this, but will not bring you more happiness, right? I mean, uh, you know, if you have a three-bedroom house with three washrooms, I mean, that's phenomenal. But if you moved into a 10-bedroom house with 10 washrooms, you would not have, uh, you know, a greater sense of happiness. I mean, it would pretty much be the same thing very quickly. So just to get the get it clear because you mentioned the three bedrooms three bathrooms yes conveniently that's where i'm in right now so are you trying to say something here no just kidding (laughs) well i mean the reason why i'm bringing that up is that's the last thing i heard when i came in here right you i mean you have a great home you have a basement three bedroom three bathroom um you know you got a podcast set up i mean to me john uh, you're living like a king right i mean this is this is beautiful you live in a safe neighborhood you look outside your window uh, you see a lake right How, how beautiful is that you know, so, uh, I mean, your car downstairs, right? I mean, you drive a beautiful Mercedes sedan, right? I mean, you really are living the dream. And, uh, you know, more often than not, uh, we get we, we tap into this energy of, uh, you know, I'm not making half a million dollars a year. And you forget the fact that you have a three-bedroom house with three washrooms. You have a Mercedes and, you know, you could see the lake every single day, right? I mean, you have this beautiful place, but more often than not, you know, for whatever reason, uh, society is is just wired. Uh, maybe it's by, you know, all the posts that we see on Instagram with people in private jets and people in Lamborghinis and Bugattis and, you know, cars I can't even pronounce. But for the most part, you, you feel like you're not enough. But in reality, I promise you, you are more than enough. And now you have to understand the way you wire your mind, right, is for the most part how you act. So if you think you're not enough, you're moving in a manner where you're not enough, right? You may not be showing up uh, in a certain manner. You're showing up in a different manner. But if you tap into the energy of just knowing that you are enough, if you look in the mirror and you love what you see, you come home, you're grateful for this beautiful house, uh, you act different, right? You feel different. And make no mistake, those two different people with two different mindsets, right, have two different, they lead two different timelines for the most part. And I promise you, if you tap into the notion where you're enough, right? Right. Relationships are going to get better, right? Your friendships are going to get better. Your your work is going to get better. You're going to start showing up. You're going to start having this presence. It's going to be contagious. People are going to want to be around you because everybody around you is trying to get to a place of where they're enough. And boom, here comes a person that is enough. Right. It's like living in gratitude. I think gratitude is, is, is the very forefront of that movement. Right, you tap into just being grateful for the little things, like opening up your fridge and having some water inside of it, knowing that fifty percent of the world doesn't even have a fridge. Right, when you start tapping into these things, amazing things start to happen, and you your your mind starts to shift. I'm I'm not an expert on this uh, 
area by any means, but we have this this part of our brain is called the reticularly sorry reticular activative system, if I'm not mistaken, RAS for I've short. I've heard that. Yes. Yeah, and for the most part, the way it works is like it like filters out all of the crap, right? And it only shows you things that are relevant. So if you're constantly feeling like you're not enough or you don't have enough, all you're gonna see around you is it's your mind. Enough. That's all your mind's gonna show you. Right? It's sort of like when you buy a brand new car, as yes. an example. When you're looking for this car, pretend you're looking for Mercedes. We're gonna use your example here. Yes. You're looking for Mercedes. So before you think about the Mercedes, you don't see very many of them. You yes. see one or two, and and it's like all of a sudden you know like I want to get that because there's not a lot of them out there. Yes. The minute you go into the dealership, you pick up that Mercedes. You don't even have to go very far. You just get off the damn lot and you see a thousand of them all of a sudden. A hundred percent. And those Mercedes, they were there all along. But your brain, it was irrelevant to the reticular, to the RAS, reticular activative system. So therefore, it never, it never like tapped you on your shoulder and said, here it is. Right? Because that's, that's the purpose of that is just to filter out literally 90% of all the crap that doesn't belong because your brain registers everything that's why we always see our favorite numbers that's why we always see things we're thinking about and uh you know that's that's if you're walking around like you're not enough your brain's just going to show you a million and one things of you know that that are in alignment with you not being enough right but i mean you could flip that you start getting to a place where you think you're enough your brain's going to show you all kinds of things where you are enough you're just going to show up different in conversations and that's going to be contagious everyone's going to want to be around you and your, your life just changes right and the best part is it's free i mean you could do it right now it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account well kindness never costs anything 100 percent. and but for the most part the return let's talk about let's talk about kindness as an investment right not not too many people uh you know when, when we talk about the word investment right automatically you think i need money right and I need stocks. Well, it's a natural default, this. right? Investments, yes. usually people think investing yes. is pulling money out of your wallet. 100%. But the, the one thing that we have to understand is currency is not just money, right? Currency comes in many ways. Friendships, right? Uh, you know, uh, the contacts that you have, the Rolodex, uh, your social media is a form of currency. Time is the biggest currency. You, to the version that you are to me, is a currency, right? Because the, the, the current state that you're in has gotten everything in your life, right? Everything that, that you right. have in your life is due to the current state that you're in. Now, let's say you level up. Let's say you get to a better state, right? All of a sudden, you yourself as a currency, you are worth a lot more and therefore more is going to come into your life, right? I, if you get to... Go ahead. You're right. I was going to say even your network. Like, yes. I, I'm not sure if you've uh, heard of Mark Merrill. Okay. Um, no, I, 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 he so, was a former wrestler. Yes. And uh, one of the things he says... Is show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. A hundred percent. And I believe that. And the, usually you are the, the average of the five closest people to you. Right? But here's the thing. Um, if you don't have like five people closest to you, you are, you are the average of five closest things to you. And more often than not, that could be a Netflix account. Right. That's true too. Yes. Like even your network is everything like what we're, we're going at. Right. I mean, like he said it based on your personality. Show me who you, you are with, like who you're hanging out with. Yeah. And I could tell you who you are. hundred percent. But reality is you can dig deeper. And if I, show me who you hang out with. Yeah. And I can tell you relatively what your bank balance is as well. Yes. And they, they also say uh, one of the quickest ways to, uh, I guess, grow your bank account is to start hanging out with people that have bigger bank accounts. Right. Uh, energy is contagious. Right. 
energy is another currency, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, to me, I mean, there's just this this word currency. I mean, it, it's just a measure for uh, for value. Right. Absolutely. And this is what I was going at. Right. I mean, it's like a lot of it. Like I just made it monetary by saying value of your bank account. But the reality is it goes hand in hand. What ends up happening is like people with a vision end up making the most. The ones who like if you think you can or can't, you're right. 100%. Right. And that's the thing. If you think money is evil, all you're going to do is find the evil that it's being used for. Yes. But if you think it's a positive or if you think it's something that can be used to create a positive. Yes. Generally, what ends up happening is you create that positive and it grows. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a, a same thing, right? It's like the energy you put out is the energy you get back. It's exactly where you're going with. Yes. And I agree with that 100%. So your outlook is going to, you know, it's going to determine your result. And I've uh, I've experienced it myself, and which is I'm going to lead to the next question. Yeah. Right. I've experienced it myself, even in real estate. So I'm. I'm not sure if you listened to my previous podcasts before and stuff. I've definitely, I'm actually a fan. I've heard a couple of them. Right. And and you can see I'm very transparent. I don't hide even my negatives, even my bad, even my downs, my goods. Which I think it's, you're, you're an authentic human being and that's what makes you special. Right. And um, this is one of those things. Well, thank you actually. But this is one of those things I'm getting at. And there's another transparent moment. So yeah, as you know, I'm with Remax, right? Yes. And, uh, I, me, I also know you're, you're the happiest with Remax cause I've, I've been, I've been on your, uh, on your team in this, uh, in this real estate journey and you've, uh, bounced around a little bit from brokerage to brokerage and, uh, I've never seen you this happy with a brokerage ever. Right. I'll be honest. When I got in, yeah, I always saw what, two things. I saw Remax as your promotion. Okay. Right. You, when you sort of kind of made it, yes. you join Remax. Yes. That's not kind of how I got into it this time round. But it's sort of like, it was one of those leaps. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, what ended up happening is because you knew I was with Royal LePage before. Yes. And I was actually happy with Royal LePage. Yeah. To be honest. I've tried another brokerage. We won't get into that. But Mm -hmm. the point is that I was pretty happy with Royal LePage. But the Royal LePage that I was happy with was in Mississauga. Yes. I live in Grimsby. Yep. And just to go work in the office didn't make sense to drive 30, 40 minutes. Right? So I get it. I looked at it and I said, since... There's no point in trying a different brokerage here that I don't know or I know anything about. So it became the opportunity saying I've always wanted to be with Remax. Like that was my end goal. That's to me, that was when I hit that ceiling. Yep. So I'm not quite where I wanted to be when I made that leap. Yep. But I figured if I've got to make the leap now, why not make the leap where I want to be? Yeah. Right. If I envision where I want to be and yeah. I take the steps to be there. Yeah. It goes back to what you're saying. You are where you're not, right? Like, so you're never going to get to where you want to be if you never take the plunge. Yeah, they actually say one of the quickest ways to owning a Bentley is uh, by by going to uh, a dealership, walking in there, dressing really nice and sitting inside the car and knowing that you can't buy it. But you just attach yourself with that energy. You just feel that uh, that feeling of uh, being in a, in a car like that, right? You surround yourself with it and uh, it, it stays with you. And then you almost like level up mentally. Well, exactly. And this is my point though, right? See, it was a big fear around it because it's one of those things. Here's how it works. I, I calculate the differences between the brokerages. And maybe this is why I'm putting negatives into me by mm-hmm. doing this. So I calculate it. Like I have to do six deals a year as an example, yeah. which doesn't sound like a lot. Yes. But 80% of the realtors do zero to one deal. Yeah. And I would say about 15% make a living, mm-hmm. which a living is about between six and 10 deals. Okay. Right? About 5% make wealth. 
And those wealth are not even doing 10, 15, 20 deals. When you get to that wealth, those are the people doing 100 plus. Amazing. Right? So it, it's sort of like one of those gaps where you're either struggling, where you can't even make a payment. So there's no middle class. There's no middle. Or you do, well, the middle is what I'm talking about between the six and the 12, we'll say roughly. Okay. Right? There's some people who do 25, do 30, yeah. right? But that's really a small. Yeah. People are usually doing the average around 10. Okay. Or none. Yes. And then the rest are doing 80 plus. Yes. Right? So it's something, the gap is very, very small. It's even smaller, like in between the 25 and the uh, 100. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm getting at with this is I did the calculation with fees. And one of the reasons why Remax is that promo is that they are pricey if you're on the lower side. If you're doing the lower end numbers, like if I only do four or five deals, they cost more. Mm-hmm. But if I do more, I'm actually saving money over the other ones. Nice. But it's one of those things that, as you know, when, when you know my dad passed away. I, I was with you on that journey, man, and that was a really sad time. I'm really sorry to hear right. that uh, but once I, again. But where I'm going with this is I gained a little bit of anxiety from there. Of course. So what ends up happening, now here, my average is I've done more than the minimum. Throughout, when you calculate from when I started till now, and you do the average of the total deals I've done, I've done more than the average. Like more than the average that I need like for that minimum. Yep. Like my minimum is six deals. Otherwise, I'm actually in a negative return yep. with Remax over Royal. And I, my average is more than that. Like mm. I'm not even, I shouldn't even be worried about it. But, you know, with my anxiety, I fight that. What if, what if, what if? I'm more than on track. I'm way, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But it's always that fear. That what if, what if? I have no reason. Like I said, if we look at my numbers and I were to show you all my deals and I show you the numbers and everything I've done, I really have nothing to be afraid of. I'm, I, I'm, I've passed that. Yeah. Right? Like I've, Past my averages have passed what I need. Yeah. Right. But it's that constant fear. Now I think the difference between an, a winner and a loser is we all have that fear. Like I'm telling you right now. Yeah. But the win will keep going. Well, I think I think the key is uh, to get uh, comfortable in that fear. I mean, that fear is not going to go away. For one, we have to understand that that fear is super healthy. It keeps you alive. Right. Like fear. We have this ancient old 2000 plus, uh, you know, year old brain. And it's it's not wired for the most part uh, how we think it's wired. It's really wired to look for problems because problems are the things that are going to kill you. Right. And your your brain is wired to keep you alive. So, you know, you, you have to understand that you, when, when you get comfortable around the way the brain works and you think that a lot of these thoughts are normal, they don't bother you as much. Right. Just because. Uh, you know, you have a beautiful home here, you have a beautiful car, uh, you know, you got a great life. And obviously, uh, you know, mentally, uh, deep down inside, um, this this is your comfort level. So anything below here is a little scary and uh, your, your brain doesn't want to, uh, for the most part, uh, divert from that, right? So it's constantly looking for problems and it's constantly uh, trying to keep you on your toes. But uh, I think that relationship with those problems, right, when you understand that that's just a healthy, normal working brain, it doesn't bother you as much. And, uh, you know, the, the fear, the, usually the things we want most, for the most part, are on the other side of fear. They're in that cave that we fear to enter, right? And, uh, you know, the brain does a great job of instilling that fear just because you have to leave your comfortable place, right? That that that, that place you call home, right? You have to sort of, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, put on your shoes and walk across the street. But the, everything that's on the other side 
can be a little scary, right? And on top of that, when you're crossing the street, you can get hit by a car. So, uh, you know, the way uh, the way the mind works is um, it, it kind of tries to keep you in your in your comfort zone, right? Uh, you're, you're a creature of habit. Anything outside your habit can be a little scary, but that's normal. You're not going to believe this, but I actually set you up on that question. Okay. And what I mean by that yeah. is I was actually trying to lead you into that answer. Okay. Like I knew you were going to go there and yeah. I knew you were going to explain it better than if I tried to explain it. Yeah. So I tried to lead you there yeah. and you answered the question exactly the way I was hoping you would. That's 20 years of friendship, right? Absolutely. That's 20 That's years true. of friendship. We're on, we're on the same page and uh, I've obviously come a long way since uh, since you've met me. You've come a long way since I've met you. And, uh, you know, 20 years of friendship will do that to you. But the the brain is a beautiful thing. I mean, I got hit with crippling anxiety a couple of years ago. It was really hard for me to leave my room for about six months. I go to the doctor and I, I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. You know, I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, it's unfortunate, but you have a chemical imbalance. There's a couple of pills, hope for a normal life, all the best. And, uh, you know, I went home. I didn't really take the pills, but uh, I, I made a commitment. Uh, I literally thought I was going crazy. Uh, this was all new to me, panic attacks, uh, you know, heart pal- palpitations, everything that comes with it. And uh, I'd never experienced anything like this before. I literally felt like I was broken. And the doctor told me that, hey, man, you are broken. You know, we're really sorry. Um, you know, take these pills and hope for the best. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think for like the next two months, uh, I didn't really do much other than stay in that state and it got a little worse, but then somewhere along the way I made a commitment and, you know, if I am going crazy, I made a goal to be the craziest person on the face of the planet, right? As dumb as that sounds, right? I'm going to be number one. I'm going to own this, but I also started doing my own research, right? I didn't really want, I mean, the doctors that, Hey, don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not one to say the doctor knows nothing right like doctors were, were, were trained like to go to the doctor for the answers right he has the answers when it comes to optimal health you know for whatever reason I chose not to listen to my doctor and I came across uh, uh, something that forever changed uh, my, my outlook on my anxiety and it basically said uh, crippling anxiety usually happens to geniuses right and uh, I, in my entire life I've just chased mental clarity I drink distilled water uh, so it has no fluoride, right? I try to eat uh, as much fruits and vegetables. Uh, My pineal gland, I try to decalcify it because I'm sure through years and years of, uh, you know, living a normal life, uh, I calcified it to some degree. And I'm always trying to become a a more enlightened person. And, uh, you know, this this thought really entered my mind. What if I came uh, into a neural pathway that I'm just, I've never, I've never, ever entered before in my brain and what if I'm in this new uh area that it's almost like a superhero power I was envisioning Superman first time he got like uh you know the ability to shoot lasers out of his eyes and he's like blowing up his father's farm right and because yeah. he doesn't know how to use that power so I'm like what if this is just a power that I don't know how to harness just yet and I started to look at it from that manner and man it's crazy like 50% of the problems went away when I realized that it was a gift and then I started doing a little bit more work and I started playing around with it and I started to challenge myself and um, started to, to, to learn a little bit more about uh, the way the mind works. And today I'm perfect. There There is no anxiety, right? And more than that, I am like the most, uh, I, I'm in the most optimal state I've ever been in my entire life. And that anxiety was a gift, right? It gave me the ability to see the entire picture. And before that, I was very, I was very tunnel driven. Right now, I see 360 degrees. Before it was like 180. Right? What if anxiety is this thing that's like an unbelievable gift? Right? And then it's 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 marketed to some degree 
as uh, you know, uh, a, a life quality uh, ending uh, disability, right? I mean, I don't have all these answers, but I really like approaching uh, those types of problems in that type of manner, and it's worked for me, right? And that's that's all I could say. Is it really, really worked for me? Which makes sense. I I look at I look at every day as a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through similar experiences. Yep. I um yeah, like it's uh, one of those things that I think everybody goes through something. Yeah. I've been in and out of depression since I was eighteen. I think mental health is uh, is a reality these days. Right now, I used to be the happiest guy on the planet. Mm-hmm. I did not know negative. I did not know sadness. I did not know failure. Yep. I did not know anything. Basically, I dreamt it. I chased it. I got it. It was just that simple. Now, one day when I was 18, it was around when I was 18, I was driving, me, a buddy, and he brought these two girls with him. And one of the girls, we were just driving, having the blast. This is the really screwed up part of that, that I don't see. It's not not that it was like, a uh, weird night, an awkward night. It was like we were having one of the best nights. And then out of nowhere, one of the girls, are you happy? That's all it took was that question. Mm-hmm. Are you happy? Now, when she said that, I looked at her and goes, what the hell are you talking about? Right? And I was like, what the heck? Right? What's wrong with you? But later on, when you're on your own, you're facing yourself. Yes. Boom. That came down like a ton of bricks. Next thing you know, I've been in and out, in and out. But as you know, as you've known me, I'm very persistent. Mm-hmm. Perseverance is one of my strengths. I know that. Yes. I don't give up. Yes. I don't stop. Yes. Um, it's a fight, but I don't stop. And I keep going. And going to what you're saying is sometimes I believe these emotions are what gets me to go chase my dream. Mm-hmm. Right, because I'm fighting that, and then you just wake up one day. Like I just wake up and say, "What the hell am I doing? I'm wasting time." Yeah. Right. I'm not gonna get this done, and then I've, you force yourself to go. And once you start going, you know the ball keeps rolling, yeah. and you keep going as long as you don't let it stop. Yes. It keeps going. You keep reaching. You keep yeah. progressing. You keep doing. Like look at the gym. I've been consistent since I don't even know how long now. I've lost track. Which is amazing. And uh, you know, to touch on uh, emotions, I'm not an expert in this area, but I do know a little bit. And uh, for the most part, uh, emotions are they're the driving factors uh, based on uh, what we do in life, right? Uh, emotions, more often than not, are the driving factors uh, between what we remember and what we don't remember, right? Think about the greatest night of your life. You probably remember that. Why? Because there's so many amazing emotions attached to it. Now, think of like three weeks ago. You don't remember it because chances are it was an average day. Uh, emotions are super, super powerful. And, uh, you know, emotions for the most part, they, uh, they drive your behavior and they drive your memory. And, uh, that's why, uh, some of the greats, uh, like Tony Robbins, I mean, he does an unbelievable, like when he tries to teach you something, uh, he uses emotions, right? He tries to get you in a happy state, right? So you could retain the information. He doesn't want you bored there taking notes. He wants you on your feet having the time of your life. Why? Because that's what's going to retain the information, those emotions of you having the time of your life. And uh, one of the things I try to do to do my best work is uh, I, I try to play around with those emotions. I don't just wake up and I try to have a good day. I try to have the best day possible, 
right? I really try to push the boundaries. I really try to uh, have the time of my life. Uh, Tony Robbins says it best. He says, good is the killer of great, right? Now, when you think about it, more often than not, most of us are in this state where good is good enough or good is like an A+. Right, but what if you lived in a manner where good was in a D minus? Right, what if what if you didn't want good? Then chances are you'd be left with amazing or horrible. But you would get to literally walk amongst the gods every once in a while, right? Because sometimes you'd have amazing, right? And I think that's where uh, emotion is, and sometimes pain. That's an emotion too. It's one of the best teachers. Right. This this if this is my personal outlook on it, I don't really have the neuroscience behind it. But this word good that we're so comfortable with uh, really doesn't do much. Right. I mean, pain is a is an amazing teacher. There's so much wisdom that comes from pain. And then there's uh, there's there's a, a, a ton that comes from just having the time of your life. That's where you're really in the flow state and you do your best work. So well, I actually live a life where I try to stay away from good. Right. Uh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Yeah, and say good to be great. I get that part. Like I'm resonating with you on this completely. Mm-hmm. Like this is I've always been uh, my whole life. I've either been I've been an overachiever, right? Um, to the point that it's perfection. Yep. And I think the perfection is what leads to my pain, because if I can't, like I've always had the top of everything. Yeah. Or the bottom of everything. Yes. I've never been in between. Yes. Good for me. This is my perspective, but good is something people tell themselves to accept a destination in their life because they're not where they want to be and they no longer want the fight to get to where they want to be. So they say good is good enough. Yeah. And that's just my perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's not just a a cop-out. Sometimes people need that emotional break, so they have to accept good in order to not break down. Yes. And I can understand that. I can't relate to it, but I can understand it. Yeah. And we all need to do what we need to do to achieve our uh, goals or achieve our mission. And I find like the more you have a mission to serve, yep. the further you go. Well, so I think it's really interesting that you brought up the fact of uh, breaking down. And it's just uh, shocking how many of us are on the verge of uh, almost breaking down, right? Just because uh, the stress is on uh, you know, uh, another level and we're going through, uh, so much and it just doesn't seem to stop. We live in this society where, uh, things are moving faster and faster. And, uh, uh, I'm no expert on this, but I will share with you, uh, something that I understand. Thanks to a gentleman, uh, by the name of, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He says there are three types of stress. Uh, there's eternal stress, right? Like inside of you, maybe based on nutrition, if you're eating all the fruits and vegetables in the world, you may not have that eternal stress, right? Uh, you know, but if you're eating a lot of fast food, you may. Uh, then there's the external, right? That's, for the most part, environment. Are you in a horrible marriage? Are you in a horrible relationship? Are you in a healthy relationship? Are you in a healthy marriage, right? And then there's, uh, you know, mental, right? Uh, it's just, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this brain that we have that's sometimes uh, a little hard to get along with based on a lack of information, that we have, because more often than not, the brain is just working, uh, you know, to, to protect you and keep you safe. And uh, we just get a little nervous based on uh, the, the metrics that it chooses, um, you know, to, to deliver, uh, you know, its, uh, uh, its precision by. But um, 
we are we are wired to uh, be very comfortable with two of those stresses. Meaning, um, if uh, your uh, it, internal stress is great because of your nutrition, and then you just have the external and the mental, uh, you could do just fine, right? Because it's two out of three. You need to have one unlock. If you can have two unlock, phenomenal. If you can have three. You live in the life of your dreams, but uh, more often than not, these days, uh, all three are falling apart. Right? That's actually true. Yeah. You're right. You're right, and that's the thing. Like you've known me for so long. Yes. You I, like you even knew me, or like you said, right? You came here, three bedrooms, three bathrooms. Yes. Fancy Beautiful car. Home. Yep. Full fridge and all yes. that. Yes. But you knew me. Where if you, at the point where you would have gone into my fridge, you would have opened it up and looked and said, "Dude, where's your food?" Mm-hmm. And that was a scary time. Of course. But that's also why you're here. That's true. Right? But that's the point. With every pain yes. comes a gain. 100%. Because it's not like society today wants the end zone. They just want to get there. Yeah. Let me throw that. Like, let me grab the football. We let me be it. the quarterback. Yeah. They let want me to throw tomorrow. it. And let me throw it and land right in the end zone so it's a touchdown instantly. Yeah. But the reality is. You get there, you're in the end zone, you get there, you caught the ball, touchdown. Now what? And that's the thing. Even when you get that touchdown and you don't have the answer to now what? You lost your purpose, you lost your meaning. And that's a whole nother scary road. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like I'm learning this and I'm like I said, I'm a work in progress. But I've learned it is not about the end zone. Not at all. I playing the long game. And it took me a long time to get to this, but now I'm playing the long game and I'm understanding it's not about the end zone. It's about the journey. I mean, I listen to podcasts as well. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing a podcast because yep. me listening to them was an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the podcasts, like I listened to Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, a very big influence to me. hundred percent. He's amazing. Right. Grant Cardone as well. He's great. I uh, don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent of his outlook, but you know what? It, I, I, I get what he's saying. He's successful. So, I mean, yes. uh, it's working for him, right? And Absolutely. I'm sure, Absolutely. You know, the one thing I could I could tell you, I just want to throw that in there very quickly, is uh, 90%, if you understand this, uh, the world is yours. Uh, if you truly make it your own, 90, this is my own personal uh, formula, 90% of everything you hear in life will be a waste of time, right? 10% is life-changing. So talk about, let's talk about Grant Cordon for a second. You said, I don't agree with everything, but I agree with some of the stuff right? Most. Most. Let's say most, right? But uh, you have to understand that uh, 90% of everything that uh, that you'll experience uh, in terms of uh, uh, knowledge or information uh, might be a waste of your time. 10% is life-changing, but we never know where the 10% is going to land. It could be at the beginning, it could be at the middle, it could be at the end. So it's very important to follow through right? If you're going to listen to a podcast and you turn it off within the first five minutes, you didn't follow through. And what if that 10% was at the end of that podcast? 100%. And uh, I think, uh, uh, and that's hats off to you because you listen to a gentleman that you don't agree with some of the stuff, but that's why you, you, you get more, you, your, your magical, uh, you know, toolkit, right? Like your, your tool belt, whatever you want to call it of knowledge, right? Uh, you, you add to it by listening to a gentleman you don't necessarily agree with all the time, right? But that's why, uh, and that's a lot better than not listening to him, right? Because you, you get that 10% sometimes. I agree a hundred percent with you on that. I mean, like I agree with most of the stuff, like I said, Yeah. right? I mean, like it's, I agree with the principles of what he's talking about. I just, uh, I think sometimes there's a gap 
and what he's saying. Yes. And a gap in where it is for most people. But he's showing you the path on how to get there. So mm. just because you're not there today, yep. it does not mean you cannot be there tomorrow if you keep working it. Yes. Right? Um, again, some, uh, you know, like I said, I have me- mega, mega respect for him. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what, do you, what look where he come, came from, what he's done, he's how doing he got really, to. really, really well. Exactly. Mega respect. I in, truly, truly enjoy listening to his podcast. Like, absolutely love it. Yeah. Right? So... And that's the thing, right? So this is how I got into podcasting. And something Gary Vee said stuck with me. Okay. Right? And it's, and, and I kind of agree with this philosophy too. I don't care what's popular now. What I care about is where's the attention and where is it going? Yes. Right? Because you could be the best at Facebook, but if Facebook's dead, what good is it? And I'm yep. not saying Facebook is going dead. Don't misunderstand me. Yes. But let's look at where everything's gone. Once upon a time, you mailed out a flyer and you made a sale. Yep. Right? And then when the flyer started getting um, weaker, just bring out a sale. Yeah. 10% off. It's right back. Yeah. Well, once upon a time, you had a very successful printing company. That right? is true, too. And then print, you know, for the most part, right. uh, died out, right? Uh, thanks to uh, the online world. Right. Now, there's still a purpose for print. Yes. But it's not like like before you were the king. No, right? that's and exactly. Was, the business was just coming in from everywhere. Right? right. So the one constant thing in life is change. Yes. Yes, that is true. And that's my point. Right. So once it was the print, then it went to just websites and Google became it. Yep. Then from Google, social media. Yep. Right. Now we got something in our house uh, called uh, Alexa. Yes. Or Google uh, Home, I think it is. Yes. Right? So what is that? Is that a screen? No. It's audio. It's basically a friend. Right. Right. So it's audio, right? Yeah. So eventually, like right now, we're stuck to our phones and we're watching videos. Yeah. It's a virtual assistant. Right. People keep telling us that video is the future. Mm -hmm. I got news. Videos today. We're already here. Yeah. If you're waiting for it tomorrow, you're going to miss out. It's already here. Yeah. I think our future is audio. I think... uh, I, I think uh, our futures definitely change. And uh, I mean, uh, it's that's the one constant, right? It's just change, right? So think about a real estate agent 20 years ago, right? He was a real estate agent. That's it. He sold homes. He sold them, right? Today, a real estate agent is uh, worried about their brand. They are a brand. They are a person, right? Like they are like a brand no different than Nike is, right? They, they stand for something. Uh, they try to grow their social media, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's even just how you sell homes is very different today than it was 20 years ago. You're describing personal branding. Yeah. That, that, that does not apply to just real estate. That applies to any business. Any, even any business. employees yeah. have to have a personal brand. 30 years ago, uh, you'd go to law school and you'd get a job afterwards at a prestigious law firm and they just keep handing you business, right? Just left, right and center. Today. You got to go get your own. You got to bring in your own clients if yep. you want to be a partner. You have to bring them, you have to bring in your own business. You are running your own business underneath someone's umbrella. And that, and that goes with everything. Even as an employee, right? When you're in an interview, mm-hmm. it's not about who, how much education you have. It's yeah. not about how well you know something. It's about how are you going to ease that person's pain? And what are you going to do to make it easier for them? They're looking at that. And who are they going to trust? Yeah. The person they've heard about the most. Yes. And who do they hear about the most? The person who has the biggest brand online. Yeah. Right, because the names circulate. It's always. Why do you think it's always us, oh, the same five people all the time? It's because they have the biggest brand, so that's the same five people they hear about. The uh, 
the the one uh, the one sleeper uh, when it comes to like brands uh, that I think trumps brands is a referral, right? Not a lot of people focus on that, but uh, you know more often than not you can see all the billboards in the world. But if your best friend says, "That's not the guy," I know the guy, you know that works, and uh, that is uh, a great, great, great form of marketing as well is just uh, but that right. that becomes with your personal brand how you interact with people um you know people you meet just buying strangers a cup of coffee just all these little things for the most part that you don't know where they might lead to 10 years from now but they do and all the dots connect eventually but that's my point though even the referral is still part of branding yeah for sure because we can we could be good friends T- today just no, based on how you dress as a brand exactly yeah. but we could be friends yes and you could think i'm a total idiot Mm-hmm. right but we're still friends because we get along mm-hmm. so we help each other yeah but so we could still be friends could be close still think of me as an idiot you know as a realtor so when somebody says do you know a good realtor well even though we're friends and we're good friends i'm branded as an idiot you're not going to refer me to anybody mm-hmm. right because you're worried about your own reputation mm-hmm. let's call a spade a spade that's reality of today mm-hmm. that's the reality of it is yeah should it be that way probably not but that's reality we all have form opinions, whether it's right or wrong, and, and your opinion is based on your brand. So this is how I see referrals, right? I see referrals uh, very simply. Uh, somebody gives you a shout, "Hey, I'm looking for a home. You know, can you take me to a couple of viewings?" You think it might be a waste of time, so therefore you don't really show up, and you kind of like get a little edgy, and uh, you know uh, you don't feel like they're buying. Then you find out their credit is crap. Then you just let them go. You're like, you know what? I'm sorry, we tried, right? But you have to understand that although that might be uh, a dead end, right? They will know people, right? For the next two or three years, they're going to be buying homes or condos, right? But what if you went above and beyond? What if you treated them like family, right? What if they got a, what if you took them away from their pain? Because I promise you they have problems, right? How enthusiastically would they talk about you to other people? Right. And I think that to me, that's what a referral is. Referral is uh, being a part. Like, so for instance, let's say you sold my home, John. You're right, right Roman. Yeah. You're right about this. But that's my point. That's a part of building your brand. Yes. And that's what I was getting at with referrals. Yeah. In order for you to give me a referral of value, yes. it can't be a pity referral. There has to be some experience there, right? There has right. to be like, I have to experience your service, your knowledge in some way, shape, or form. So therefore, I, I just naturally uh, lose my mind when I talk about you, right? Like, I know the guy. This guy's amazing. He did this and he did that. And then before you know it, that energy is contagious and uh, all the billboards in the world do absolutely nothing compared to that referral and that energy that that way a stranger talked about you and that that to me that's how i build all my businesses right is uh based on that energy right that's why life pulp was so successful it was grassroots right it was just uh friend friend to friend right and uh it it just it worked and people just really talked about this site like it was the greatest thing in the world and i started it at the time when facebook was hot and it was like a starting a social network was the worst thing you could do because you're not competing with Facebook, right? So, I mean, uh, t- to me, it's just really about just uh, giving, as weird as it sounds, without wanting anything in return. Like every single day I wake up and uh, I almost leave the same day. And it's just, uh, you know, what, what can I do to to help a, a couple of people that may not expect it? You know, if it's something small, just like letting a stranger uh, butt in line. Right, like I'm in a grocery store and I see somebody with uh, a full cart, and I have all the time in the world. I'm not in a hurry. Hey, why don't you go ahead? Right, just little things like that. Like just talking to the cashier. 
right? Because 200 people went by and they, they didn't notice that person at all. And I'm the person that's like, how's your day? Deliver right? just, the unexpected. Just little things like that. And man, you'd be surprised at what that energy will bring back into your life. Like, it's just insane. Like, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories to tell is um, uh, I uh, I went to uh, the Starbucks that was near my house for like four years, right? And uh, never paid attention to who's anybody serving me. And uh, I would literally just get my coffee and leave. And then I read How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I learned... Uh, Dale Carnegie. Yes, phenomenal book. And I learned, uh, you know, just how, how much people uh, value their names, right? And like the nicest compliment that you can give to someone is either remember their name or call them by their name. Like that is just a form of uh, familiarity to them. They feel safe in that area. And I made it a goal to learn everybody's name at my local Starbucks. And I did. And before you know it, I knew where they were going to school. I knew what classes they were taking. I knew when they had tests. I would follow up to see how they did on those tests, to see how the kids are, to see how the husband is. And, you know, as weird as it sounds, I did not pay for a drink for the next seven years. It's not weird at all, actually. Yeah. It's not weird at all, actually. Like, I mean, but you did it without expectation. I didn't do it for the free drinks. I did it just for the sake of giving, for the sake of just like just loving and caring. And that's that's my brand these days, right? Like uh, you've known me for a long time and uh, I've probably uh, never hit you up for anything. And I just tried to support you the best that I can. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's just and I'll be honest, I'm human. I have my problems, John. I have my financial problems sometimes. Uh, I, I, I have uh, problems with uh, my overhead at times and there's times where I'm doing insanely well. Um, but life is just a series of problems because, you know, we're not really alive if we don't have those problems, right? Like, look at the heartbeat. It's just a series of ups and downs. Yeah, it's like, the roller coaster. That's life. You're right. Right? And if it wasn't for those bad times, you really wouldn't appreciate the good times, right? Like, you need to know what the snow feels like so you could appreciate, like, the warmth and the sun, right? Yeah, you know, for you to appreciate a tan, you need to know the absence of a tan, Right. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. It's just one hand washes the other and we live in like such a beautiful world and it's literally just perfectly designed. And uh, I have a great relationship with God. And like to me, he's the ultimate chess player and he's always like 20, 30 moves ahead. And sometimes when things happen to me, like I don't really know why. Like sometimes you're playing, you know, a game of chess. One of the worst things that could happen to you is you lose your queen. That is a powerful tool in the game of chess. Sometimes I lose my queen, right? And it's like, you know, before I'd be like, why, how did this happen? This, that, whatever. But like today I just, I have so much faith in the, uh, in the creator that uh, I just know down the road, like 20, 30, uh, steps later, it's going to benefit me in some way, shape or form. So how can I learn everything that I can from this? Right. Like, let me just soak up all of the wisdom. This is one of the greatest lessons. And if I, if I learn this lesson, I will never have to repeat this problem again. Right. Um, I think Thomas Edison created the light bulb, you know, failed like 10,000 times. And uh, when he was famously asked about it, he just, his response was, I, you know, I, 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 all I did was learn 999, um, sorry, 9,999 times on how to not create a light bulb. And some of those mishaps led to other breakthroughs. And that's the part that we don't really understand. Right. Like it's like everything happens uh, for a reason and we just we, we have to have faith. But if you just wake up every morning, you just try to give. Right. Just give for the sake of giving. Uh, man, my wildest dreams have just knocked on my door. Thanks to that philosophy. 
anything I'd ever wanted. I never really had to work too hard for it. Um, you know, but it's just, it's, I know it's a, it's a tough formula to buy into, right? And it's free. Do you know what I mean? I mean, how hard is it to just slow down and uh, ask the uh, grocery cashier how their day is? No, you know, that's an easy task. It's free. I think we should all should be doing yeah. that. How hard is it to open the door for someone? How hard is it uh, just to to call up a friend for no reason whatsoever and just be like, I really appreciate you? It's all about authenticity, right? That's yeah. something that's, uh, I would say it's lacking today, but it doesn't have to be. I, I just think it's it's such a fast-moving world, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, t- 20 years from now, we'd uh, call a friend, we'd catch up over coffee. Today, you scroll through your news feed and, uh, you know, your thousand friends, you know exactly what they're up to in like the span of like, 15 minutes. Like, it's insane. It is, actually. Yeah. Which is leading to the next thing. You have self-leaked. Yes. What is that about? What's the vision? Okay, so... Uh, like I said earlier, uh, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And for nine years, uh, I, I just I studied life. I was a student of life. I read every single book I could. I tried to study from every single person I could study from. I was mentored by some interesting people. Uh, I was a mentoree from a distance from some really cool people, meaning I don't know these people. I've never met them, but I engulfed uh, myself with every single bit of information that they have out online, whether it's a book, whether it's a video, whether it's a podcast, whether they're on a show, I consume that information. So in no way, shape or form did they grant me the opportunity to be a mentor, but I just took it, right? Like uh, someone like Tony Robbins. I mean, someone who I think is uh, uh, the real deal. I tried to learn as much as I can from everything that he puts out online, right? I mean, that gentleman uh, to me is... Uh, he's he's world class he's like the steve jobs of the uh of the computer world to me like that guy's just on another level and uh i've never met him but uh you know i to to some degree um i I called him my mentor right Right. and i just consume myself with anything and everything that he'd ever put up but put out and um you know so nine years of that that was my life and this is my 10th year right and and now i'm gonna i'm gonna i've designed my own system right like tony robbins wasn't just one person that i looked into i looked into hundreds and hundreds of different people i mean i learned things from people i never thought i could learn from ever just uh people failing in life right I, i i learned what not to do from them one of my earliest mentors was uh a businessman that could he could not do anything right and i'm just like let's figure out why Right. And I learned a lot from him. Um, and uh, so self lead is super simple. I was an athlete my entire life. I had a target. Right. And uh, I would train for it and I try to be the best I can be at it. And uh, that's what an athlete is. That's how we know an athlete. So self lead, self improvement is a sport. Right. I think the quickest way for you to get to, uh, you know, to level up is to invest in yourself. Right. Well, I think that's the best investment you can make. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it just, it pays dividends. Uh, it's almost like a jackpot if you do it correctly. And uh, so that's what self-lead is. Self-lead is just self-improvement as a sport. And uh, yeah, so I got super lucky. I got the Canadian literary patent for it. I own the .com, all the social media handles. And uh, I, I've been working on it part-time for the last like maybe four years. 
uh, very, very part-time. But now this is the first year, January 1st, where I'm going full-time. I'm actually stepping away from quite a bit and I'm chasing this dream full-time, which is really, really exciting. And it's just a lifestyle. It's just very simple. Every single day you try to be a little bit better than you were the previous day. And if you do that, you tap into that energy, everything just, you know, it's, this is the easiest way I can break it down. It's your God-given right to live the life of your dreams. You're put on this earth to thrive. You're not put on this earth to suffer, right? That's, that's not your role here. You are meant to live the life of your dreams. Like, you know, uh, we call God by so many different names. I mean, some people believe in uh, the universe or mother nature, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, but for the most part, we're put on this earth. Like we, we are a gift and we're, we're meant to thrive, right? It's like, right. uh, you know, the, the upstairs is like the ultimate Amazon. They're just throwing down unbelievable packages at this earth in the form of human beings and animals and insects and, uh, all kinds of things. And like everybody plays a significant role, right? And, but make no mistake, you're here to thrive. You're here to live the life of your dreams. And the quickest way to do that is to understand that this current version of yourself is not as good as it gets, no matter where you are. It could always be better. And you have to understand that this current version of yourself has gotten you everything so far. But if you want more, the chances of you doing it in the same current state becomes significantly harder because you've already milked this version for all it's worth. So what do you do? You level up you become a better version of your current state. And it doesn't matter where you are, you can always do that, right? Uh, I mean, I was I was having an interesting conversation with my friend Paul the other day. And, uh, you know, he used to tell me uh, uh, people used to live to like 600, 700. And uh, whether that's true or not, who knows? But I found it really interesting. So I dove into the conversation. I asked him why. I'm like, why could people live to 600, like let's say 10,000 years ago or whatever it was that he said, and his answer was simple. He goes, because they didn't have the mental limits, right? They knew they could do it, right? They didn't know. They, they, they weren't like just brainwashed with the idea of, you, you know, you're lucky if you live to 100. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that they could live to 600. And they operated with a lot more than 10% of their mind, right? And they tapped into some really cool places. And I, I don't know if that's fact or if that's fiction, but man, is it super cool if it was. And I choose to attach myself to that energy. And uh, there's all kinds of uh, mental blocks. And I think one of the quickest ways, uh, you know, to, to, to get in a place where mentally you're in a better state is to invest in yourself, right? I mean, health is the ultimate wealth. And that's what self leads all about. Wow, that was pretty powerful. Yeah. I was going to say, like, in terms of like you say, you read a lot. You've read a lot of books. Yes. What would be your top three books? Okay. So, uh, I love giving unorthodox answers, right? So, this isn't this isn't necessarily going to be the answer that you're looking for. But uh, aside from the top three books, I think the most powerful thing that you could do is to uh, consume a all podcast diet. Now, when I say that, uh, you know, a lot of us we we consume a lot of music. Right? Right. In the car, in the gym, this, that, whatever. That's fine. One of the most powerful shifts I've ever done as, as a person was I went on an all podcast diet. So anytime uh, there was anything on, you know, I, I would replace the music with a podcast. And I think that's super powerful, right? You're in your car, you're listening to a podcast, you're at the gym, you're listening to a podcast. 
um, you know, just for no reason whatsoever, uh, you know, you're, you're, you turn on the TV, watch a documentary, right? Things like that are super powerful and you just, you're around that energy quite a bit, but my top three books, uh, no problem. Uh, how to win friends and influence people. Phenomenal. It's a great book. Um, think and grow rich, right? Phenomenal book. Uh, and then we got to throw a little bit of health in there. It's very important because health is ultimate wealth. And uh, the, the healthier you are, the more energy you have. And the more energy you have, the more you have in your life, right? And the more you have a chance to give to everybody around you. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, his new book, Supernatural, I have not read yet, but I'm in the process of reading. But I can tell you it's first class. And the book before that, I think it's called Placebo, right? And it's well, I've about, heard of that one. Yeah, it's about the placebo and the nocebo, which is the exact opposite of the placebo. And the mind is such a powerful thing. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, those two books, will combine them together, Placebo and Supernatural, phenomenal. Um, and How to Win Friends and Influence People, probably the greatest book, probably responsible for 80% of the things I have in my life. And um, and I think uh, the other one I said was uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? Correct. Yeah, so I would say there, um, man, like just that alone is just phenomenal. If, if you could commit, to consuming all four and the all podcast diet, uh, I mean, to me, you're a professor at, at, at like the end of just finishing that, like the amount of knowledge that you'll have, the amount of change that you'll be able to have, the amount of emotions like that, that you'll have just from re like those aha moments. Right, right. right. Just unreal. It'll change your life. Well, that's the thing, right? I'm actually on the same uh, all podcast diet as you are. Phenomenal. I've deleted all my MP3s. Yeah. So, I, just, I mean, yeah, you don't have to delete them, but definitely understand that you're either moving forward or, or you're moving backwards. And sometimes uh, music is great because it just takes you away from a little bit of the pain that you're going through. Right. No, no. When yeah. I say delete, I don't mean I deleted them gone. Yeah. As in they're on my computer. Yeah. But when I'm in the car, I listen Beautiful. to my phone. Yeah. So in the car, on my phone, yes. it's either radio or yeah. podcast. Amazing. And since I don't like commercials, it's all podcasts. Amazing. And these days, I mean, uh, it, it's just podcasts, uh, man, they're just endless, right? Yeah. And they're just everywhere. And it's just like there's a, cer there's a certain energy that you attach yourself to uh, uh, listening to a really great podcast, right? With just really great life-changing information. I mean, it literally like rewires you. Right. One of my favorite things I do every time I like I wake up every morning and I take my iPad and I turn it on and I go to YouTube and I type in motivational speech and then uh, I'll, I'll click the first thing I see that I have not consumed uh, just yet. Right. And it's just uh, it's a melodic. Uh, there's a little bit of melodies or music or whatever it is. And it's just all kinds of different speeches. And I'm just getting ready to that. But man, does it wire me for success. Right. Then I get in my car, I'll listen to another podcast and that, that's just phenomenal. Um, and, and and just it really just changes. It rewires your brain. It's just amazing. Just commit to doing it for a week. And I promise you, you'll make you'll begin to make changes. Right. Like you also going into investments, right? Yes. Because uh, obviously, clearly, we both agree that investing in yourself is the most important. 100 percent. What are, what investments do you partake in or what investments do you suggest okay um so uh movement and nutrition those two forget the gym not everybody has a gym membership right um let's talk about uh working within the means that you have if you can go to the gym that's phenomenal but in reality the gym is maybe four percent of the day right four or five percent of the day if you spend an hour in there um you know there's there's another 23 hours outside of that so uh it's very simple there's three pillars to me Sleep, crucial, 
right? I mean, your body, it repairs when you're sleeping. How many hours of sleep do you get on average? Okay, so I, I'm not a pillar of excellence when it comes to sleep, but I'm always mindful of doing better. But I always sleep about eight hours. My biggest problem is sometimes I go to sleep at five, six in the morning. Now I have the luxury of waking up eight hours later, right? Because I don't really have a traditional nine to five. But I think uh, I want to get my goal is to get to a state where I'm going to sleep at 10 and I'm waking up at six in the morning, right? I want to get those eight hours, right? Uh, that's very important to me. You have to understand that, let's say you have a cold, right? And yes. your immune system is battling that cold. It's doing a great job of battling it while you're sleeping, while you're awake. Your body's trying to, like, it's literally working on running it, right? You're eating, you're, you're going through stress, you're going through this, you're going through that. I, I don't know uh, just how much uh, of, a, of a fight your body puts up in eliminating like that cold or flu. But when you're sleeping, that's when all the magic happens, right? Uh, your body repairs like you, right? It regenerates you when you sleep. That's the part you have to understand. If you want to age gracefully, sleep is a big part of that, right? That's just hands down. Sleep is a big part of that. So very often overlooked, uh, sleep is the first pillar. Second pillar is nutrition, right? How much nutrients are you getting? Um, what Nutrition is super simple. Okay, I break it down like this. Uh, if your relationship with food is for pleasure, chances are you're not too healthy because it's it's really. But if your relationship with food is for fuel, you have a chance to be healthy and you have a chance to enjoy it because your cha your taste buds over time will change. That's True. just a fact, right? Um, so uh, you know, nutrition, right? Second pillar. Uh, third pillar is movement. I think movement is super super important. You know, I think it's the one we all struggle with the most, yes. not by choice, yes, but because we're getting more and more of our jobs yes. that are uh, sitting on chairs yes. for eight hours. Yep. And uh, when we're getting up off of chairs, if you're working for the typical nine to five, yes. you're frowned upon yeah. for getting off your chair. So here's why movement is so important, right? Uh, there's this thing uh, inside of you. It's, I think it's, and again, I'm not an expert research everything. Don't fact check everything I've said today. Okay, because I in no way, shape, or form am I trying to be an expert where I have a PhD in any of this. I'm not a doctor. But you have a thing uh, inside of you, and it's called the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system, basically, in uh, the, the, the most simplest way of describing it is it's like a vacuum, and it just sucks out all of the, the bad, the, the poison, the bad cells, all of that. So just picture this, this vacuum just going through you, and it's literally trying to get all the dirt out, right? But it's only working when you're moving. It's not, it's almost like picture it like one of those uh, Flintstone self winding cars, right? right? When those feet are moving, the car's going forward. When the feet stop, the car stops, right? So, uh, those three pillars, super, and on top of that, I mean, just moving your muscles around. I, we're, we're meant to move, right? There are people uh, in all kinds of villages, uh, they live like over a hundred, right? And uh, all they do is they walk every single day, right? And, and nothing else. Right. True I mean, enough. movement is so important. So sleep, uh, you know, nutrition and, and movement. Those are the three basic pillars. If you get those on lock, you are literally a pillar of excellence. Let me ask you one last thing. Yes. Which is um, for aspiring entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. what would be your tip for somebody who's working the nine to five, yeah. but does not want to do this anymore. Yeah. Okay. And, and they want to start something, but they don't know where to start or what to do. Yes. What's your suggestion? Um, okay. The suggestion is going to follow uh, this, this one crucial thing that I think everybody needs to understand. Uh, 
uh, making a million dollars is the easiest thing you will ever do. Literally, I promise you, making a million dollars is the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life. The hardest thing you'll ever do is believe without a shadow of a doubt that you can make the million dollars. Think about that for two seconds. You will never, ever make a million dollars unless deep down inside in your heart of hearts, your bones of bones, you know without a shadow of a doubt you can earn it, right? Mindset is everything, right? Now, I promise you, you wire the mind right, the body simply follows. That is the cardinal rule. That's something we all have to understand. Belief is so powerful. You can manifest literally just belief that that belief and the, the combination of understanding how the uh, RAS, the reticular activator system works, um, man, that's so powerful, right? Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, so change is scary, right? You're doing a nine to five and you're, you're thinking of uh, switching over and you're thinking of starting up, uh, let's say a startup or a business or just moving careers, right? But uh, that's scary because uh, you're, for the most part, giving up an income, right? And you're going into a place. I think 95% of all businesses, they go down first year due to lack of finances. So you're not making money, you can't pay your bills, you stop, right? So I, I would say get into something part-time. And well, only, that's where I was going to go. Would yeah. you say, would you suggest they start part-time or yeah. would you go all in? So I think it's better to do it. Oh, here's the thing. If you can afford to go all in, you go all in, right? But if you can't, if you have bills to pay, if you have a family, uh, part-time. But uh, understand this, the best time to start is now, right? Like uh, every single day you don't, you rob yourself of uh, just compound, uh, just this insane compound interest on efforts made, right? Um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I think you really have to ask yourself, can you do it for free for a lifetime? And if the answer is yes, you, you go all in. And if the answer is no, uh, you're going to stop like a year or two. I mean, you, you can only do things that you're passionate about. Like you're those, those riches that people make aside from winning the lottery. It's because they were super passionate about something. It's because they, they did it for free for like two or three years before they made any money. Right. I think, uh, you know, uh, you talk about any startup that, that, that did anything super crazy. I mean, like they were broke for the first little bit, having the time of their lives and they didn't give up. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the answer is super, super simple. Can you do it for free for the rest of your life? Can it be like life pulp? I did for like seven, eight years as a hobby and I had the time of my life. Like I, and I just showed up every single day happy. Right. And that's when I knew uh, I could be in this field, like this, this self help field. Um, and that's when I like self lead. I'll do that for free for the rest of my life. I don't care. Right. If I don't make a single dollar off of it, I'm doing that for as long as I live. And, and I think if you can get to that level of certainty, that's when you make the move and everything outside of that, um, probably, uh, isn't the way to go, unfortunately. Right. It's just, you need that, uh, just belief that that just that drive just this is what i'm meant to do this is my gift to this to this world and when you go into it go into it with the form of generating more value than anybody and everybody around you that is absolutely perfect i mean i'm gonna end this now because that statement was probably on the highest note i have seen in any interview i've been in so while we're on such a high note and such an inspiration. I'm going to thank you for coming. I'm honored to be here. 
and I'm going to invite you back in the future and discuss uh, what happened uh, with life, uh, life, life, self-lead in the future. A hundred percent. And I'd be honored to come through these doors. Thanks again, Roman. Thank you.